advice, advice from someone else's dad. Hi everyone, it's Peter Yawitz and welcome to the Advice from Someone Else's Dad podcast. Now the, the course just sort of took off. The, in, in the, you know, within three or four months, we started getting a lot of sales and, and I think that we really cornered the market on Google Ads training. Um, fast forward today, there's around 190,000 people who have bought the course um, in 188 countries around the world. It's been translated into a bunch of different languages. That's um, amazing. Yeah, I've been out to eat a few times in the city and like students have recognized me. Um, I was <laughs> well, in- you have that knit cap that you wear. <laughs> the beanie. The beanie. Yeah. That was from my amazing young CEO interview with Isaac Rudansky, the founder and CEO of Adventure Media Group, a Google AdWords management company whose online how-to videos have made Isaac a mini-celebrity. We'll hear more of my interview with Isaac in this episode. I'll also be answering your workplace questions along with my favorite HR pro, co-host Jamie Steele. And finally, I'll read one of your workplace nightmares. If you'd like to ask a question or share one of your workplace nightmares, call us at 347-857-7294. 347-857-7294. You can also go to someoneelsesdad.com slash podcast and submit a question there anonymously, or you can simply email us at questions at someoneelsesdad.com. And please, please subscribe to us, like, and comment with all your good comments, of course. First up, let's check in with Jamie Steele, my HR co-host to talk about some workplace issues on our mind this week. Hey, Jamie, how are you today? I'm great, Peter. How are you? I'm great, too. So glad to hear it. (laughs) Tony the Tiger, how are you? I'm great. (laughs) So um, what's on your mind today? You know, uh, so one of the things that I have been dealing with recently was I'm working with sort of a a changing of the tide. When I started working for my employer probably three or four months ago, there was mostly an older population. Uh, I'm trying to be careful how I say that, right? People like me, in other words? Um, Kind of. Yeah, basically. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Wizened (laughs) professionals who have all the answers. Yes. That's how I should have said that. I'm trying to be so like HRPC. No, no, no. You can just say it. People like me. Okay, got it. And so as we've been hiring new people, we've had a number of applicants that are definitely in a younger generation. So we recently hired two individuals uh, who are in their 20s. They're working alongside people who I would say are probably 50 plus. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is not only is there sort of that generational difference in terms of the age, but there is a cultural difference in terms of just their perceptions and ideas of the world. So one of the uh, young ladies that we hired, she came to me and said, you know, I'm starting to get uncomfortable working alongside people that voice very different political values than I have. And so I asked her to tell me a little bit more. And she's like, well, you know. um, This sounds like the Thanksgiving table in my house. Right? Yeah. She's like, you know, I'm a young uh, African-American woman and these people talk about what's happening in you know media with Trump with immigrants things like that and she said and sometimes I feel so, like okay, just let me just clarify it so she's a young liberal yes woman and she's dealing with older conservative types who might listen to Fox News exactly. right that's what you're talking about okay yes thank you for that okay and so she said it just makes me uncomfortable because I think to myself well how do they see me then Uh, because I don't fit into their demographic. And, you know, it wasn't something that I had thought about before because it was 
mostly a homogenous group of people. Right. So it was never an issue that came up. And so, you know, obviously I'm, I'm here in New York with you face to face today, Mm -hmm. but when I go back to Minnesota, it's something I'm going to have to address head on. I'm still not quite sure exactly how I want to tackle it, but I know that a conversation will need to take place. Right. Are you saying also that before this woman came on board, was it a free-for-all in terms of conversations about politics in the lunchroom, just at, at meetings before things started? Absolutely. And it was just accepted that people could say whatever they wanted, and it was pretty much everyone had the same viewpoint. Absolutely. So she's a new blood, but also I'm surprised actually in Minnesota, which I always think is more of a diverse, but I guess in your area, it's not. Not at all, huh? No. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is a change and, and it's very sensitive. I mean, unfortunately, the times that we're living on, it, the times we're living in, uh, there's a lot of divisive conversations and that shouldn't happen in the workplace. Absolutely. And, and I can speak to when I started at my job, uh, being an African-American woman, I remember telling uh, our VP of operations, I just said, you know, I didn't know if I'd actually get this job because of when I came in, I could sense the culture. But he was like, you're exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have times where it's tough. It's uncomfortable. And we're going to have to call out specific you know, conversations and language that has just been accepted. Yes. But we hired you because we need you. Right. So are you going to, when you go back, I mean, let's really think about it. You have to, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what could you do to make sure that these, these things don't happen and people don't feel disenfranchised? Sure. So I think my first initial thought is, you know, obviously to uh, pull aside the person that is most specifically bringing up a lot of the conversations as it relates to what's currently happening in our our political climate. And then uh, long term would be to, as I'm building out the HR function within my company, make sure that we're providing sensitivity training, make sure we're providing cultural diversity training. And that might be things that we do online where it's mandatory um, assessments that have to be done. Of course, that's not going to change somebody's core beliefs because you believe what you believe. Mm -hmm. But at least it will say, here's what's acceptable when you come to work. And I always want to have an open workspace where people feel like they can be who they are and really obviously train in that way and say, we all have the right to present to work and feel like we can be our best selves. Yes. And when we have these types of conversations, if we're not cognizant that other people of different backgrounds, beliefs, etc., are coming to work with us, um, we can possibly make it a workplace where they're not comfortable. This is a really important conversation. And if anyone would like to comment on it, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Please feel free to give us your opinions or your experiences at questions at someone else's dad.com or feel free to leave us a message at 347-857-7294. Jamie and I will be back a little later to answer some questions listeners have submitted. The number again is 347-857-7294. But now my interview with Isaac Rodansky, the CEO of Adventure Media Group. Isaac started his business creating a website for his friend's dad. Eventually, he learned about advertising with Google AdWords. Then he became the industry guru through his YouTube how-to videos, which made his face, framed by his signature blue wool beanie, instantly recognizable to people who follow him. His business has grown exponentially because of his online presence. Here's our interview. I'm here in Hewlett, New York, which is part of the five... T- oh, actually, it's Woodmere. Woodmere now. I'm in Woodmere. We're just on, over the border in Woodmere, uh, which is part of the five towns in suburban 
New York on Long Island. Uh, I'm here with Isaac Rudansky, who is the CEO and founder, correct? Correct. Of AdVenture, which I, I'm surprised when I looked at it, AdVenture, that no one had done that before. It's such a clever, easy Thank way you. to create a company, and I'm surprised no one else had done it. You started just, I don't want to say it in a negative way, but just like in a scrappy, I'm going to do some work for some people, helping them with their SEO, for instance, or helping them with their Google searches. And the first client you had was a dentist. That's correct, right? my friend's father. Your friend's father. That's always the place to start with your friend's father. Yep. And then how did it grow? What did you think you were going to do with it? Was this just a whim or was this a hobby? It was totally a whim. It was totally a whim. Um, I started the company, really, I was, I was recently married, um, living in a small one-bedroom apartment. Um, my wife was working as an accountant at the time. She really was very unhappy as an accountant, probably unhappy because she was recently married to me too, to, to be fair. So, so I was uh, working on my art. I have a background in art and oh. I was um, doing a lot of painting and selling some of my artwork at festivals. I decided that it would be worthwhile to have a website to showcase some of my art online and I didn't know anything about web design at all. At the time I was in a master's program at Hofstra University for industrial psychology and um, uh, I heard an ad on the radio for a website called Squarespace and they promised that anybody could make a website. And I was very skeptical, but I was willing to give it a shot. And 18 hours later, um, I had a website and it was this really exciting experience. I thought, well, how do I get people to come to the website who are interested in purchasing abstract impressionist artwork? Mm -hmm. And that led me, that question led me down a, a wormhole of internet marketing research and discovery and I came across this thing called Google AdWords at the time, right. which now is called Google Ads. It's the largest advertising platform in the world. Mm -hmm. Just for the average person looking at Google, is it where it says sponsored results? Is that it actually where it says is? ad. Yeah, oh, it, it does says say a ad. Little, okay. little, right now, it, they, they changed the formatting of it, but there's a little icon that says ad now okay. next to the top three, four search results. And I learned a lot about Google Ads. It's a pretty complicated software, how to use it and how to buy ads on Google and how to do it effectively. And I started doing it for my, my artwork website. Was, was there a return on your investment? No. When you, no. Okay. So nothing against Google Ads, but at this point, you, yeah, had, well, you, I, yeah. you were playing around with it. You were learning about it, but you can't say that you increased your sales on the ads specifically because of, no, uh, well, on the art specifically right. because of the ads. With a, uh, a fair measure of chutzpah, I said, okay, now I know everything there is to know about Google Ads. I could charge people to teach them. So my original idea was to make a training academy. I enjoy teaching and, and you know, fast forwarding a few years, a lot of our, the business growth has come from teaching, which I'll tell you in a minute. Um, so the first couple days I made a new website. I said, okay, now we're gonna train you how to do Google Ads. Contact, this, contact, uh, contact me today and I'm gonna teach you everything I know about Google Ads because I just learned about it three days ago. <laughs> um, That's the key about <clears throat> teaching. You just have to be one or two days ahead of your students and you're a pro. That's yeah. all it is, especially in, the, in like the online marketing world. Um, so I didn't get much results there and then I said, okay, after a few days I was getting impatient and I said, why don't we just do like the agency model, we'll, we'll, we'll manage an account for you, we'll you know, help people grow their businesses through effective digital advertising. Um, I brought the idea to a friend of mine at the time, uh, still, still a very close friend of mine, um, and we decided to like sort of partner in this business and um, our first client was his father. He's mm -hmm. a dentist and we helped him with photography and his Yelp page and then the <laughs> next client was my father who's a doctor in Long Island and I helped him with his LinkedIn page. Like, you know, in those first six months working out of my friend's basement was anything and anything and everything, anyone, anything that would get us a check. Sure. You know, any type of help. We didn't turn down any business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, um, I think it's a, it's a strong characteristic of successful companies where there's no 
sense of like anything's beneath you or below you or too outside of the realm you know if anything that you can do to help anybody within the space that they're willing to pay you for is work that you should probably not turn down mm -hmm. in the very beginning absolutely in the very beginning yeah um and then you get too big for yourself i'm sorry we don't do dentists anymore and i sort of took a step back and i said i'm going to rebuild this and work on advertising our services to help people with their google adwords um campaigns and help them with their landing page design and and helping them increase their conversion rate and and was just working out of my apartment and after I had a few clients through my own advertising I hired somebody in the Philippines to help me work on a lot of the routine st stuff I trained him I brought on um, Danny who you, you met mm -hmm. who was the very first actual employee worked mm -hmm. at my kitchen table for a good six months and uh, he d dealt with a lot of like incoming leads and prospects and then I decided to I had a I created a YouTube tutorial that was about an hour and a half long. It still exists. It's very outdated now. That was this was probably back in 2015. Mainly because it's an hour and a half. That's a little outdated. Yeah, exactly. And um, and then Google Ads has changed so much. It's like not even relevant. But that YouTube tutorial was really thorough. It was really long. It was really useful. And it was the number one uh, result if anybody searched for a Google AdWords tutorial. Mm -hmm. And it has like a million views now. And we started just getting clients directly from that video. Mm -hmm. And it really turned me on to this idea of content marketing and producing valuable content first instead of trying to sell somebody on your services mm -hmm. first. Um, people would be watching the video and like they would call us with their credit card out ready to wow. hire us. And, wow. and I guess at some point I just said, okay, this could be my career. This could be a business at some point. I don't know when exactly that Isn't was. Isn't that amazing? It's a continuum. And from the YouTube video, I created a full length course on Google Ads, which is 30 hours long. Oh um, my gosh. 100 lectures, I uploaded all the videos, and, and then I heard of this thing, I heard of a platform called Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. So it's, an, it's the largest online platform for courses. I wasn't so concerned about the cost or the price of the course right. at that point. I was it like, was not a moneymaker for you. It was the more idea was the exposure. Yeah. Now the, the course just sort of took off. The, in, in the, you know, within three or four months, we started getting a lot of sales, and, and I think that we really cornered the market on Google Ads training. Um, fast forward today, there's around 190,000 people who have bought the course um, in 188 countries around the world. It's been translated into a bunch of different languages. That's um, amazing. Yeah, I've been out to eat a few times in the city and like students have recognized me. Um, I was <laughs> well, you have that knit cap that you wear. <clears throat> the beanie. The beanie. Yeah, it's actually getting to be getting to be. You're not wearing it now. today. Not today. I was thinking of doing it, but it's not. Just I, for me, you mean? Yeah, I haven't taken it out yet for the winter, but I should, probably today would have been a good day to take it out. Uh -huh. Um, I was in Chicago a few months ago watching, um, at a, at online to get into Hamilton and another student recognized me, Wow! which is actually really, that's actually funny. Like also like a, a year ago, I was walking over to my, my neighbor, the next door neighbor. And somebody else was also walking to my neighbor's house who I'd never met. And he looked at me, he's like, he's like, you're Isaac Rudansky. I, I, I was just watching your course <laughs> last night. It was just like such a strange thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the course has gotten a lot of exposure and the course has brought in a lot of clients. So uh -huh. Forbes magazine. Harris Negotiating, the International Culinary Center, AMC Networks, Haynes. These are like legitimate brands, but they had people in their companies yep. exposed and watching my course. Yep. And then the time came to say like, listen, maybe we should hire a firm. Oh, well, I know a firm. This guy that I've been, who's been training me yep. has a firm, so it's natural. Great. So to deal with the scale, you had to hire a lot of people to, and to train them and f for them to understand your business model and how you operate effectively. How did you find all those great people out there? We're looking for a really specific type of person um, who is smart, but also has integrity yep. and also who has energy and passion and, and, and like brings, contributes positively to the environment. Uh, so it's not a, it's not a typical person. 
Well, it's, I think it's a it, it's a tribute to you in terms of how you want your culture to be and what you want the company to be. It's interesting that you just said you want someone with integrity. Have you found people that don't have integrity? Integrity mm -hmm. is more that if I do work, it's important inherently for me to do high quality work because mm -hmm. I care about that as opposed That's to right. it being like, oh, it's a small client or no one or Isaac's out today and he's right. not going to see it. Like I could just get away with the bare minimum. Right. To me, that's a lack of integrity. Right. Part of it is innate. Like mm -hmm. I don't know of any way to motivate somebody who naturally isn't ambitious or motivated mm -hmm. to accomplish. Mm -hmm. But it is very possible to take somebody who nat naturally has a great work ethic and is ambitious and put them in an environment where they, they languish. But then there's also a lot of trust, right? Like if you, if you treat employees with, in, a, in such a way that subtly implies that we don't really trust you, that's also a s demoralizing to an mm -hmm. extent. So we have an open-ended vacation policy where not, we're not the first company to do it. A lot of companies have it. We're like, take whatever days off you need. Let's just be responsible. Like, get your work done. Like, we, if you're here, we implicitly trust you that that should work fine. Mm -hmm. We trust you to be mature and autonomous enough and respectful enough to contribute in a, in, in, to the maximum of your capacity. And that has, I think, contributed to our culture. If you, if you just said, you know what, I'm checking out for an entire week, do you think, can you count on your team to, to collectively even do the kind of work that you do and the thinking that you do? Yes, to an extent. To an extent. The business would be fine, but, but the, I think the, at this point the business still needs me um, to bring in new business. Okay. Um, that's something which I don't think could be done as well. I think the clients could be serviced basically as well with mm -hmm. me or without me right now because we have such a great team. Maybe the expectation next, I'm not telling you how to run your business, is to to make part of the job description uh, to bring in some leads. Yeah, developing more leads and sales, that's certainly, certainly a big part of it, yeah. Isaac, it has been absolutely my pleasure to come to a place that is very different from some of the other places I visit. Not only because you have a guitar here, lots of people have guitars, and, and many people actually do have a bottle of bourbon or whatever yeah. that is sitting over there. But, uh, a couple, couple of bottles of bourbon. <laughs> maybe that's how you deal with the stress. But it's, it's exciting to see the passion that you bring and the passion that you have brought to this organization, and I can feel it with ever, everyone else here. So congratulations on that, and I Thank wish you, you all right. the best. And of course, I want to know how I can build my business more with uh, with Google AdWords. It's a tricky one. I've tried it before, and it hasn't worked. Yes. But maybe it's a type it's, of my business that doesn't work for it. It's, we'll talk about it. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That was from my interview with Isaac Rodansky. Up next, Jamie and I answer your workplace questions. Our number is 347-857-7294. This is advice from someone else's dad. I'm Peter Yawitz with Jamie Steele. Here's our first call. Hi, this is Marie, and I have a question for you. I applied to a position at a local, a large local company, and would love to follow up with someone. I'm having trouble finding recruiters for the company on LinkedIn, and I'm wondering if it's acceptable or encouraged to call and try to find your way to someone that you can talk to. Um, any advice? Yeah, sure. What have you got to lose by contacting the company? If you know, if you find somebody on LinkedIn and you're one connection away, why don't you email that person and say, hey, I know that you know somebody at this company, anything you want to tell me, and then maybe email a person that that person knows and just say, hey, I'm thinking of applying to a, for a job here. Can we have coffee or a conversation? I'd love to know a little bit more. But sure, uh, if there's no recruiter, you have nothing to lose. I mean, actually, it's a motto I, I, I live by is that 
if you want something, the worst thing that could happen if you approach someone is if they'll say no thank Well, the worst thing is that they don't respond at all. Right. And then second worst, they could say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. But at least you got your name out there. You never know where things could lead. Yeah. And, you know, a phrase that probably a lot of us know and something I remember my parents saying to me was closed mouths don't get fed. And so if you don't open up and say what you need, you're not going to get fed what you want. Did your parents have other aphorisms aside from that? My parents, I can never <laughs> say, my parents always told me. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Of course, now that you asked me that, am I going to be able to think of any? Yeah, no. Right. I don't know but they had these sayings, yeah. you know, and that was one of them. And I, whenever I think about going for my next thing, I just say, if you don't speak up, you're not going to get anywhere. Even if the answer is no, you won't know unless you just open your mouth. And in this case, Open your fingers, write that email, <laughs> send it off. I, I totally love it when people reach out to me directly because it shows me that you have drive, ambition. You're willing to track down who exactly you need. And if you don't know, you're going to say, if you're not the right person, point me in the right direction. I love that. That's great. I think my parents, you know, all I've been sitting here listening to you, but also thinking, it was probably shut up and mind your own business. Do you think that's good advice? <laughs> I don't know about that. Right. Coming up next, I read this week's Workplace Nightmare. Here's another Workplace Nightmare. One of my direct reports was a toxic personality. In a fit of pique, she emailed me a screed with four F-bombs in it. I took it home overnight and decided the next morning it had to go to HR. The HR director gave her a talking to, something none of the rest of us could even imagine doing, and she came storming into my office. How dare you? That was between you and me. I can't believe you'd do that to me. What am I supposed to tell George? George was her second husband, a successful small business owner known through our industry as the consummate gentleman. I could only stare at her thinking, uh, that you should never have hit send? My goodness. I've never had anyone in business send me any F-bombs in business emails. I think only my friends do that. <laughs> Try sitting in my seat oh, yeah. where maybe you let go of someone's friend because they're not actually doing their job oh, and they're really upset. Sure. I've definitely received a few in my day. Directed to you? To me because I had to carry out the termination. Mm. Now, it's just a function of my job. Mm -hmm. Their boss made that decision, but sometimes they don't feel comfortable having that conversation. So at the end of the day, somebody's got to do it. Right, right. But you don't reprimand somebody at that point, right? I mean, you don't want to go back and play the F-bomb game. No, definitely not. Yeah, but that's sort of a horrible nightmare. I hate to be in that person's shoes. <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of Advice from Someone Else's Dad. Many thanks to Isaac Radansky and the entire team at AdVenture Media, and of course to my co-host Jamie Steele. Next time, there'll be more answers to your questions and more workplace nightmares. Remember, you can call us at 347-857-7294 and leave a voicemail there. You can go to someoneelsesdad.com slash podcast and submit a question anonymously, or you can simply email us at questions at someoneelsesdad.com. We appreciate all your comments. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other platform you use, and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Someone Else's Dad. You can also learn more about my book, Flip Flops and Microwave Fish, Navigating the Do's and Don'ts of Workplace Culture, which you can pre-order on Amazon before the January 14th launch date. I'm Peter Yawitz. See you next time at Advice from Someone Else's Dad. Advice from someone else's dad.